The Essence of Tea, Episode 76. Welcome. You are listening to the Essence of Tea podcast, where we share about the world of tea with you. From tea tastings to tea history and culture to tea education, health, and wellness, the Essence of Tea is your tea companion through your personal transformation and growth. I'm your host, Jenny Jie. Now let's get started. Did you know that tea is the most popular beverage in the entire world? The entire world, next to water. But the very interesting thing is, is that it's been the most popular beverage in the entire world for over 4,000 years. Tea has been around for over 4,500 years, and it was discovered around 2,500 BC. And the origin story goes back to Shenong. He's kind of the, um, the patriarch of tea, and he discovered it in China. Whether he was an emperor, a mayor, a governor, someone, someone who loved this beverage and this, um, this plant, this evergreen plant so much, decided to share it with others. And that was discovered in about 2500 BC in China. So not only is it very fascinating that tea is the most popular beverage in the entire world for thousands of years, but why? Why is tea so popular? So if you're watching here live today, welcome to the Essence of Podcast. My name is Jenny Jett, and I'm the owner and founder of an 11-time international award-winning tea company where we specialize in tea education. So I thought to myself, has anyone actually asked why tea is so popular, as in the number one most consumed beverage in the world, but then not just as a fad, but consistently for thousands of years? And I was thinking to myself, okay, Let's think about the history of tea. Where did tea come from? Why did people desire it? Well, when you think about tea, it's an evergreen tree. And this evergreen tree makes five types of tea. White, green, oolong, black, and poor. Yes, all from the Camellia sinensis plant. And that one plant is an evergreen tree, so it's meant to have its leaves all year round. And it, it's a tree. So when people um, mow it down or kind of like, um, prune it down to control it so they don't have to shimmy up the trees and pick the leaves. It looks like these beautiful rolling hills, but they do take up a lot of land. And if you have rural parts of China or India or Taiwan or Sri Lanka or even Africa who have all the space to grow this plant that is actually very sustainable and rejuvenating for its own environment, right? Because trees and plants are great for the air, right? It also regenerates the soil and it gives back to the soil, releasing different um, components of itself into the soil to keep the soil healthy. So you have this very well sustainable plant as long as it can grow in a place that has high humidity. Mist, fog is usually what we see in these pictures from around the globe of places where tea plants have succeeded. So when you go back to the the Silk Road, right? And the luxury goods. And why people are going all the way around the world from Europe, down the south of Africa, all the way to China, or crossing by land, by foot, by camel, by horse, however they're going to get there, traveling 
for months, risking their lives to get to China, where it's like heaven, right? It seems to be like the center of the world. In fact, it's very interesting because China's name, Zhongguo, is like center kingdom, essentially. Central kingdom, like the place where everyone wants to go, which is kind of true of why people traveled and risked their lives to get spices, silks, bone china, right? We have citrus fruits, peonies, and tea. So tea was one of many different luxury goods that came out of China, been around for a very, very long time, very stable. And their country, Chinese people, are very proud of the things that they have where people desire to have them. You know, it makes them feel really good. But this Emperor Shenong, who really um, was like the father of tea from China, shared his interest and his like for this beverage, right? So you're not just drinking regular water or hot water, you're drinking a nice flavored water, however that came about. And then there were other people who tested out all these different plants, poisoned themselves many times, and came to the same conclusion that tea would always aid them in whatever concoction that they made themselves sick with, right? So there's got to be something about the power of the potency of how tea makes someone feel. Because people aren't going to drink something that they don't like its taste. They don't like what it does to their body. So there's something about the tea plant and its chemical components that have people gravitating towards it. It tastes good. It helps cure your body. It helps, you know, aid with so many different things that you've experimented on on your own self. It's easy to transport because tea leaves, you only technically need 2.5 grams to make a single serving, an eight ounce cup of tea that if you have a high quality loose leaf tea of only a few grams, it can make up to four cups of tea. That's a pretty good deal, especially way back when, when they're having to transport these things on their back on horseback, on a camel, on a ship, and there's all these different things that they're transporting besides tea. So tea is very minimalistic, and it has a really long shelf life, about three to five years for high-quality teas as long as they're stored well. So if you imagine these massive journeys around the world to get to their final destination, tea really holds up in its flavor and its benefits. So tea has become popular because A, how it makes people feel, probably the taste of it, because there's so much diversification of high quality tea. Most of the time when I meet people who've never had high quality tea, they always say to me, why does your tea taste so much better? Like, ah, my friend, it's because you have now discovered high quality loose leaf tea, which is how it was always meant to be. The Chinese desire high quality loose leaf teas. And whatever was the leftover crumbs, they would sell the lower grade. So you keep the best for yourself. Well, unless for its tribute for the emperor, right? So send the emperor your best tea, keep some of your good tea for yourself, and then sell whatever's left over. 
I mean, I would hope that if you're a farmer, right, you do the same thing. You could have some of your best crops. You don't need a lot just for your family. And it's so plentiful. Same thing with tea. It makes tons of tea leaves. I think an acre of tea leaves, and I could be wrong, it makes like 250 kilos or no, maybe more. I could be totally wrong. Anyways, it makes a massive amount of tea in a year. One acre. And one acre is not even that big. When you see these beautiful um, landscape photographs of tea fields or tea estates, they are hundreds of hectares or thousands of acres large. So there is so much tea made off of a small piece of land, a small um, collection of tea plants, because then you would always be harvesting. It's evergreen. So as soon as you pick it, it's growing more leaves until it goes to its dormancy period. So you've got taste, you've got how the wellness properties, and even though people don't know what the wellness properties are, they're gravitating towards it because it just makes them feel good. And then you've got a really easy way to transport the tea, right? Really light. It holds its shelf life really well. It holds its um, freshness really well on the high quality um, rolled properties of how that tea was handcrafted or machine crafted. So when you have high quality loose leaf teas, it's very easy to see how it can become so popular. Then you've got the mix of tradition and culture. So you've got like this tea click, let's just say, this group of tea fans, and they like their tea a certain way. They end up easily, and you can see this in different circles, hobbyists, fans of whatever um, topics there are out there, and they start to build their own micro community. And with that micro community, it's very fascinating because it snowballs to more interest, and there's more desire seeking that thing that's very unique and limited. And of course, with people's personalities and curiosities, people are always fascinating, fascinated with learning more, especially if it's going to improve their wellness, how they feel, and tastes amazing. So those are way more than three reasons of why tea is so popular and some of the reasons of why tea is the most popular beverage in the world. But it hasn't been around in popularity for just a few decades or centuries. It's been popular for thousands of years. Wars have broken out over them, competitions of clippership races, you know, luxury goods and competition and commerce and development of technology, of transportation have all been transformed through different demands for luxury goods, including tea, which is an incredibly affordable luxury good. So I hope you got a lot out of this podcast. If you want to learn more about tea, I have a free resource for you. Just go to www.sippingstreams.com slash my book, and you can read all about um, my book, The Essence of Tea, The Transformational Journey of a Tea Connoisseur, and how tea can transform your life, give you health, 
wellness, and so much more. So thank you so much for watching and listening to the Essence of Tea podcast today. And if you have a topic that you want me to cover or a curiosity that you have, please send it my way. You can always email me at hello at sippingstreams.com. That goes directly to me. My name is Jenny. I'm the owner and founder of Sipping Streams Tea Company, and we specialize in tea education. And I can't wait to have you back for our next episode of the Essence of Tea podcast. Thank you. By the way, if you want to learn more about tea, we offer three online classes at sippingstreams.com. The online classes come with all of your supplies and materials and we ship anywhere in the world. The three classes are The Essence of Tea, Kombucha Culture, and Matcha Madness. Go to sippingstreams.com and sign up today.